Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Stanfield joined by Chris Towers. And the other day, we spoke about Chris Bryant as a buy-high player, someone to trade for. But we'll talk about a few more of those today. Some players that you should be considering trading for. And, you know, the guys that are just moving up the rankings and potentially buying high on these players before other people realize that they're the real deal, and they are just awesome. But before we get to, oh my goodness gracious, we got a lot going on today. Uh, Chris, you and I were talking beforehand. We can both agree that the Popeye's chicken sandwich is the best fast food sandwich around, right? Like Best best fast food sandwich around. Don't give me the Chick-fil-A thing. I like it. It's fine. But the Popeye's chicken sandwich is the best one. The spicy chicken sandwich. I don't like mine with pickles, but you can get yours with it. Chris! Uh, but yeah, that's the best. Did we just become best friends? No pickles? No pickles. I like, like I, I like pickles. No, 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 no. Just not on a fried chicken sandwich. I'm no, not here for that. No pickles. No, we're out on pickles. It's Especially if you put pickles on any type of sandwich, the bread becomes all like, get all the soggy pickle juice. There's, for me, it depends on which type of pickle. You know, you need you need a good pickle. <laughs> Everyone needs a good pickle, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No pickles there. Uh, Popeye's, I just ate it for dinner. We're recording this late at night. I didn't just eat it, but I did have it, and it was great, so I just wanted to talk about that. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my good goodness gracious. Get us started, Chris. Who you got from Wednesday's action? Yeah, I was going to go with uh, Josh Donaldson, but we're going to talk about him shortly as part of a larger conversation. So, um... I will go with Max Scherzer, who had another incredibly good start today. Nine strikeouts, only one walk, four hits allowed in six innings pitched against the Cardinals. One hard hit ball, one ball hit over 95 miles an hour allowed. Um, 16 swinging strikes on 109 pitches. It's not an elite swing strike game. You know, you'd like to see a little more efficiency in 109 pitches over six innings, but Scherzer has been. Awesome. He has four home runs allowed on the season, and all of them came in the first two innings of his first start against the Braves, I believe. So, um, been pretty good since then, and it's been very encouraging. I was actually encouraged even during that start against the Braves. Um, you know, his velocity has been a little lower than it was last year, and certainly lower than it, where it's been you know, at his peak, but it's still been plenty good. 93.6 miles per hour with the, with the fastball so far this season, he's getting a lot of swinging strikes. Uh, if you want to find a reason to be pessimistic, I guess you could say that, you know, Max Scherzer has a 15% ground ball rate, which is really low. 
But, you know, his home run to fly ball rate is like 15% right now, which actually isn't that low, despite the four home runs, you know, only giving up four home runs in the four starts. So uh, he's getting a ton of strikeouts and not really walking anybody. And I think he generally looks pretty close to himself. Yeah, I did a big rankings update on Wednesday and I moved him up to SP 11, which for some is going to be like, all right, well, you didn't really move him up that much. I had him at SP 14 coming into the year and I mentioned him as a bust. He was in my bust column and it's still possible he can bust. I mean, the main thing that I was worried about was just the age and the injuries Mm -hmm. that can obviously still happen. But I acknowledge along the way that this can easily blow up in my face because if he stays healthy, he's probably going to be Max Scherzer. And thus far, uh, that's exactly what he has been. You you brought up the low ground ball rate. He had a 64% fly ball rate entering Wednesday's start. You know, if he keeps that up with the weather warming up, you know, it's probably not going to mean good things, but I would bet against him having a 64% fly ball rate for the rest of the season. He'll be an extreme ground or extreme fly ball pitcher because that's what he's always been. Yep. You know, Max Scherzer's typically in the 35 to to 38% range when it comes to his ground ball rate. But, you know, the thing I would point out is, his launch, his average launch angle allowed right now is 29.4 degrees for his career. It's been 18.3 degrees. That is quite a bit higher, but it's not, you know, he's giving up a lot of weak contact in the air. So it, it's not necessarily as bad uh, as it seems. Um, obviously, I would rather him get the ground ball rate down, but I'm not terribly concerned about it right now. I would agree. Yeah, he's always pitched to fly balls, so I'm not really worried about it. And, you know, Scott's been crushing himself the past couple of days about all the things he's been wrong about. So far, I have been wrong about Max Scherzer. I have no problem coming on here and telling you the things that I have been wrong about. Chris Bryant was another one that we spoke about the other day. Uh, So, yes, so far, Scherzer has made me look bad. The one thing I noticed in this start, fastball velocity down to 92.6 miles per hour. That was around 94 entering this start. So pay attention to that for the next couple of times out for Scherzer. But so far, he's been awesome. So I don't I don't really have any issue with where Max Scherzer is at. Oh my goodness gracious. Let's just talk about this entire Twins and A's game combined for 31 hits, 25 runs. No, it was not a doubleheader. It was just a 10-inning game. Who were the starting pitchers? Kenta Maeda and Frankie Montas. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious indeed. Let's talk about uh, Kent Maeda. A lot of people were freaking out about him on Twitter. Received a few emails as well. Um, these two pitchers combined for 17 hits allowed and 13 earned runs. Kent Maeda has not gone more than four and a third innings in... He's actually only done, done that. Gone more than four and a third in yeah. one of his four starts this season. But when I look under the hood... Chris, I mean, there was really nothing that stood out to me. Velocity, swinging strike rate looks fine for Kent Maeda. XFIP was 3.65 entering the start. Expected ERA was 3.59. The one thing I noticed, he's allowing a lot of hard contact. And he did yeah. allow eight more hard hits on Wednesday. So we're going to talk about trades a little bit more later on. But I know you were a little bit skeptical about Maeda coming into the season. Buy low or no thanks, bro? Yeah, I would buy low. I mean, I still have him 17th at starting pitcher, and I, I look at the guys behind him, and it's in this order, Lance Lynn, Zach Allen, Hyunjin Ryu, Zach Greinke, and Joe Musgrove. I could certainly move Joe Musgrove up. Um, you know, I, I think that would be warranted. I'm not ready to do that quite yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know, 
16 to like 25 is kind of a weird spot in my pitcher rankings. I don't know if it's the same thing for you, but starting with Blake Snell at 16 and Jose Barrios at 25, uh, and even Zach Wheeler, like it's a bunch of guys who have been a little up and down. You know, you've got like an Ian Anderson who hasn't been great, Kyle Hendricks, but I'm not really ready to change my opinion on any of them. And for me, there was kind of that like, there was a tier right around 26. And so I'm not quite ready to shake that up. Musgrove is one guy who has definitely broken into that tier. Charlie Morton and Sandy Alcantara are right about to, but I'm not quite ready to move like Zach Wheeler, Jose Barrios, Kyle Hendricks down uh, below them yet. No, I think that's fair. I, I think that they're, you know, I have Castillo at SP 15. I have Jack Flaherty at, 14, I moved Castillo down. And I think really, you know, after the top 13, I mean, that ends with Scherzer, Kershaw, and Bueller for me. I think it's kind of interchangeable right now. And, you know, depending on if Joe Musgrove continues to pitch the way that he has, I mean, he can continue to rocket up these rankings. Same thing with Trevor Rogers, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Sandy Alcantara, I moved him up to SP24, so I have him in this. It's really just one massive tier for me. So, I mean, would you trade any of these guys that are, you know, moving up right now? Joe Musgrove, Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers. Would you trade any of them, all of them, for Kenta Maeda right now if you could? I don't think it would make any sense to trade uh, Joe. Like, I have Musgrove ranked a little behind Kenta Maeda, but I would not make that trade. I agree. Um, if someone offered me Joe Musgrove for Kenta Maeda, I would really struggle to say no. I, I think I would say no, but it's it, it would be very, very, very difficult for me to do that. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think the thing with Kenta Maeda is uh, he's relying so heavily on his slider. It's a great pitch, but, you know, I guess one of the reasons why pitchers don't love to rely on a breaking ball as much as, Kenta Maeda currently is, or as much as, you know, sometimes we would advocate for them to do is, you know, it's the kind of thing where if you miss, it can get hit hard. And I think that's what's happening to him right now is his, his slider, which, you know, he had a 304 Woba allowed with the slider last season. It's 380, uh, or at least it was coming into this game. I think it actually went down or went up uh, because of how hard he got hit. So I, I think he's fine. I don't think there's like he is a little older, so maybe you worry about that, but there's not really any velocity concerns here. I think he'll be fine. Yep, I'm with you there. It's even if he drops down a little bit, I still think Maeda will get back on track. Maybe, probably not to the level that we saw last year, but no, when it's all said and done, the expectation. Yeah, when it's all said and done, can he get can he be a mid threes ERA? Sure, with a great whip, a strikeout per inning, I think that's all doable for Kent Maeda. Do not freak out if you have him on your fantasy team. The other one that started in this game was Frankie Montas. Uh, the good news is that he has allowed just two walks over his last three starts, so the control has been much better. Um, and he's actually getting more swinging strikes this year than he did in his breakout 2019. Uh, the biggest issue I noticed for Montas is he hasn't been getting as many ground balls. So it seems like when the ball is put in play, some line drives, some fly balls, uh, it's been two great starts and two terrible starts for Montas. I think this kind of just is who he is. I, he's like a top 50 starting pitcher for me who he's an SP4, SP5, who I think yep. is probably going to excel in really good matchups. And 
know, there's unfortunately going to be days where he gets hit hard. Is there anything else you'd like to add on Montas? I, I haven't been inspired to move him up or down yet so far this season. He's 48th for me, so I agree right in that range. Fair enough. Who did all that damage? Well, Josh Donaldson, four hits, including his first home run of the season, and he's off to a great start. He just needs to stay healthy. Chris, I know you wanted to highlight Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, he is you know, crushing the ball. Three hard-hit balls today, 1378 OPS. Obviously, we're dealing with a small sample size here, but you know, one thing with Josh Donaldson is even, you know, with all the injuries over the years and even with him getting, you know, into his you know, mid mid thirties now, mid fifties, Jesus, not that old. Um, <laughs> there hasn't really been like a, a real sign of any skills decline. Um, you know, he's still had a, you know, a high hard hit rate over 50% in 2019 and 2020 uh, strikeout rate didn't really go up over the last couple of years. I think he's probably still just good as long as he's on the field. And it's going to, you know, it might be hard to trust him for fantasy because he'll get days off. It's kind of like Justin Turner, but uh, you know, as good as Justin Turner has been so far, I, I would imagine Josh Donaldson will probably be a better version of him if they play the same number of games. Mm, potentially. I, I, I think it's a good comp. I think they're probably just both going to be really good. Turner's batting average is probably going to be a little bit, bit better. Sure, yeah. Donaldson's probably going to give you a little bit more pop, so I guess it depends what you need. But uh, if they both stay healthy on a per-game basis, they can be top 12-ish third baseman. I, I moved yeah. Justin Turner inside my top 12 just to, just on Wednesday. And uh, Donaldson, I'd be willing to move up if he proves that he could stay healthy a little bit. So we're uh, we're rooting for you, Jossie. Just, just stay healthy. Nelson Cruz, double dong. I mean, what more to say about the guy? He's batting 353. He has six home runs. He's awesome. Byron Buxton, Another one, Chris. Three for six with his sixth home run. And I'm giving in, Chris. I moved Byron Buxton up to my outfielder 20 in Roto. Outfielder 23 in head-to-head points. He has earned it. I feel like you could say the same thing about this entire Minnesota Twins team. It's just, if he stays healthy, he's probably going to be awesome. This is far and away the best that I have ever seen him look. You know, it's funny. I haven't really moved him up that much. Yeah, because Even you were just ridiculously hard start of the season. I think I moved him up two spots in the outfield rankings. Um, yeah, he had five batted balls, hit at least 104 miles per hour today, which is just ridiculous. A hard That's hit crazy. ball. How Statcast gener- uh, delineates a hard hit ball is 95 miles per hour, and even with exit velocities up this season, uh, his is up to 96.5 miles per hour on average right now. Uh, 67.9% hard hit rate. He's just playing out of his mind right now. I, I don't really think there's that, all that much more to say. He's been really good the last couple of seasons. You know, he 2020 appeared to be something of a breakout for him in terms of his skills. And it's just a question of whether he stays healthy. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. But that was me knocking on wood. He's knocking on wood. Very hard and very, very loudly. <laughs> Speaking of staying healthy, the two I my, that I, I have... I just heard my dog do a little bark. <laughs> uh, the two outfielders I have bucks in just behind, George Springer and Cattell Marte, who are currently hurt, but I think when they're back, you know, he's in that range. It's I, I don't want to move him ahead of those, those guys yet yeah. until I see them return, but I, I think 
this is probably where Buxton should be based on how he's performing. Jorge Polanco picked up four hits and his second steal of the season. On the A's side of things, Matt Olson, huge game, three for five with a double dong. He's now up to six home runs and he's batting 316. So he was off to a bit of a slow start coming around. Matt Olson looks just fine. Mark Canna continues to run, picked up his fourth steal. Elvis Andrus, not really doing much, but he's running a little bit. He has three steals now on the season. Picked up that third one on Wednesday. Last player I wanted to highlight from this game, Seth Brown. He went three for four with a home run, two runs, and two RBI. He is only 1% rostered, Chris. He did hit in 2019 in the PCL, AAA level. He hit 297 with 37 home runs. Yeah. Anything to see with Seth Brown? Uh, in uh, you know AL-only leagues, you know anyone who's got a pulse probably deserves to be rostered. I, I wouldn't be looking at him outside of those formats yet, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, I think in deeper category leagues, if you need some pop, he hasn't been playing against left-handed pitching, but that A's team is hot right now. So if you just want some cheap exposure, I think Seth Brown is a way to do it. What does a World Series winning executive do after running a Major League Baseball team for 18 years? They start a podcast. David Sampson hosts Nothing Personal with David Sampson, a daily podcast dedicated to giving you the truth about sports, business, and entertainment. Step inside the front office and really get to know sports. Nothing Personal with David Sampson is available every weekday wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, remember, it's just business. It's nothing personal. News and notes. Denelson Lamette. Man, who could have saw this coming? He exited his debut start on Wednesday with forearm tightness. I think I have something for this. He gone. He gone. And he gone. And he gone. Unfortunately, uh, we don't like to see anyone get hurt, but I mean, it just... The writing was on the wall. I think we all had to Nelson Lamette as a bus coming into the season here, Chris, and it's just, it's not looking good. I think Mackenzie Gore has to be coming soon. No, I mean, given everything that's going on with that rotation right now, Gore is 48% rostered. Chris, what should that number be? How imperative is it that you get Mackenzie Gore on your team? The top pitching prospect in baseball. I think it should probably still be around 48%. I, I don't think there's really... Like, yeah, I would expect he'll get called up at some point, but it's going to depend on them, I think, losing faith in Chris Paddock more than anything because I think they came into the season expecting, you know, Denelson Lamette was a long shot to make a big contribution. The thing with Gore is, you know, we were saying the same things last year. Oh, at some point he's going to get the call. You know, they need someone. And it, just hasn't happened yet and so I just wonder if there's something that we haven't been able to see since he last pitched in games uh, that has them soured on him a bit I I don't have any reason to believe that it's just a, a guess but um, given the amount of injuries that are out there right now you know I wouldn't drop Sixto Sanchez to take a flyer on Gore so I, I think I'm still uh, you know mostly trying to wait there yeah, the biggest issue for Gore, dating back to last year, everything we heard at their alternate training camp and even during spring training has been control. He had eight yeah. walks and 11 innings pitch, so that's just not going to get the job done. And obviously the only people who know how he's looked thus far is you know people in the organization. We don't, we don't have any minor league baseball games started yet. But you know we'll see how Ryan Weathers fits in. He's going to be the fifth starter, I guess, for now, mm-hmm. um, for the foreseeable future. But... You know, if they get really desperate, then I, I do think we could see Mackenzie Gore up. I, I can't really put a, an exact timetable on it, but 
within the next month, it wouldn't surprise me. Anthony, sure. Anthony Santander was placed on a 10-day IL for the Orioles with a sprained left ankle. He's expected to miss two to four weeks. Gene Segura was placed on the IL due to a right quad strain. Jorge Alfaro was placed on the IL due to a left hamstring strain. Ronald Acuna could return for the Braves on Friday, dealing with a mild abdominal strain. Anthony Rendon is apparently very close to returning for the Angels. Send trade offers while you still can. If people haven't seen the update, I would love to have Anthony Rendon on my team. Nationals manager Dave Martinez says said that Strasburg felt okay after he threw on flat ground from 75 feet. Strasburg, of course, on... When was it? Sunday? Monday? Was placed on the IL with... Shoulder inflammation, so hopefully Strasburg will be okay. General Manager Kim Ang said that Sixto Sanchez dealing with a shoulder injury is, quote, still a ways out from returning to game action. Domingo Herman will return for the Yankees and start on Thursday against Cleveland. Herman is 59% rostered. Not that you need to go add him, but yeah, I think he has some strikeout upside. He really did not look great earlier in the season. The Astros will recall, recall Christian Javier from their alternate training site, to start Thursday against the Angels. Drew Smiley will return from the IL this Saturday against the D-backs. He was diagnosed with forearm inflammation last week, so (laughs) pretty quick time there on the IL for Drew Smiley. Adbert Alzali is scheduled to start Saturday against the Brewers. Lance McCullers is scheduled to start Sunday against the Angels. He was scratched earlier this week dealing with an illness. Max Freed is still day-to-day with his hamstring injury and remains on the IL. Christian Pache has no timetable for a return dealing with a groin injury. Scott Kingery was recalled by the Phillies. He's 5% rostered. A name you could look at in deeper category leagues. He has some pop. He could run a little bit, but really seems like he's fallen out of favor uh, there in Philadelphia. He could be a 15-15 guy if he gets playing time. And obviously, you know, Segura on the IL and in center field, they, they've really got some some holes in the lineup. So if he shows anything, he'll probably play regularly. Yep, definitely. A name to pay attention to. Renato Nunez was designated for assignment by the Detroit Tigers. Gio Urshela left Wednesday's game due to lower back tightness. Sucks because he was actually batting cleanup, so they... Finally moved him up in the order, and then he got hurt. Justin Upton left his game with cramps. Brandon Crawford left due to tightness in his right side. We got an email recently asking for buy highs. Apparently, this was a segment that Adam Azer, former host, fantastic gentleman, used to do. Um, and it's my thinking, we haven't really done it yet, but is you if, if people in your league are not buying into just how good these players have been, and you can buy them even while they are ascending... They're, they're not to the level that we think that they can get to yet, then then you could still buy them on the way up and you could still get a, a, a bit of value out of them. So I wanted to start with Trevor Rogers, who threw another gem on yep. Wednesday. Seven shutout. It was against the Baltimore Orioles. Eight strikeouts to just one walk. 17 whiffs on 82 pitches. He entered this start with an 18.5% swinging strike rate. That was fifth among all starting pitchers in baseball. He's been ridiculous. He has 31 strikeouts over 22 innings pitched. Is this a buy-high situation? Is it a sell-high situation for Trevor Rogers? Someone who, kudos to you, I know that you were probably the most excited about him coming into the season. I wonder if we're going to be on an innings limit here at some point with Trevor Rogers, yeah. which is like my only hesitation with him. Yeah, I think that's probably the case, and I think you saw a little glimpse of that today where... He was rolling 80, 82 pitches through seven innings, and then they took him out. 
Uh, he probably could have pushed for the no, for the complete game, but you know when you're dealing with a guy who has, I mean, he threw 136 innings in 2019. That was his first full season as a professional. It's not like he couldn't get to 150 innings, but I think they would probably prefer not to get him much more than that. Um, and you know, maybe if he gets a couple of starts like this, where he gets through seven innings really easily, maybe you know you can tip it up to 155. Um, but yeah, they'll probably be very careful with his pitch count. He hasn't, hasn't thrown more than 95 pitches in a start so far, uh, two, I think three out of four so far with 82 or fewer pitches. He's been excellent and he looks like a really, really good pitcher. I think there's some sell high potential here though. I do think he's awesome. I think Trevor Rogers is really, really good, but he's not going to keep pitching this well. And if someone's really excited about it and looking about him, and looking at him as a potential, you know, number two or number three starting pitcher, I, I think I'd be okay trying to move him. But, you know, this is the thing with the sell high is you actually do have to sell high. I would rather have Trevor Rogers than Zach Plezak and Chris Paddock right now. So I'm not looking for necessarily like a sell low to go along with it unless, you know, maybe Jesus Lazardo was one of the guys that someone was selling low. Yeah, it's even that one. So I, I updated my rankings on Wednesday, and I I moved Trevor Rogers up to SP thirty two, which seems very aggressive. But I think once you get into the thirties, it's kind of I think it's there's a lot of moving parts there. So just behind him, I have Zach Plesac, Jesus Lozardo, Max Fried, Pablo Lopez, Lance McCullers. Trevor Rogers has far and away been the best of that group. There's no arguing yeah. that. Uh, and just ahead of him, I have Ian Anderson, Kyle Hendricks, Sonny Gray. So I'm not going to move him ahead of those names yet. I think it's it's possible to do so if he continues to pitch this well. Uh, would you do it for Kyle Hendricks? Yeah. It's just yeah. I'm not really worried about Kyle Hendricks. No, I, I agree. Know. And it's a classic buy low situation right now. It's yeah. just you're you're going to get so many more strikeouts from Trevor Rogers than you are Kyle sure. Hendricks. Sure. Yeah, that's that's fair. Even if if Rogers throws 140 innings and and Hendricks throws 180, you'll probably still get 20 more strikeouts from Rogers than you would <laughs> Hendricks. That's it's a big difference. But you know, obviously Hendricks has a long track record of being a, a three ish ERA, very good WHIP guy. So. I think I would live with the the lack of strikeouts, especially strikeouts are easier than to find than ever right now. Yeah, he's nasty. Someone else who's nasty, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who went two for three on Wednesday with two walks, a run, and an RBI. He's now batting 383. He is the number one first baseman in points leagues and in roto leagues. This one's a little bit tougher, Chris, because I don't think you're going to be able to pry him from anybody's hands right now. No, no. I think you'd probably have to pay second round value to get him. Um, and I, I don't know if I'd be well. Like I moved him up to my number three first baseman. Uh, I moved him. He was problem was he was number six coming into the season, so there wasn't. You know, I kept staring at it the last like week or so, and I kept looking like Jose Abreu, Pete Alonso, DJ LeMahieu, Jose Abreu, Pete Alonso, DJ LeMahieu. And I finally tonight or earlier today, I just decided, screw it. Let me just move Vladimir Guerrero up. It's fine. I still have Cody Ballinger ahead of him. You know, hopefully he can get healthy and, and you know, be the guy that we hoped he could be. But 
I don't have a lot to uh, criticize about Vladimir Guerrero right now. He's doing everything that we wanted him to do. You know, elite quality of contact numbers. The launch angle is up to 12 degrees on average, which is more than enough given his, uh, you know, plate discipline, how hard he hits the ball, all that stuff. You know, if Vladimir Guerrero was breaking out into the superstar caliber hitter we hoped he would be, this is what it would look like. Should have mentioned this earlier, but one of the reasons we're talking about potential trade candidates is Chris updates his trade charts every Wednesday. You can find those on the site, cbsports.com. And uh, Vladimir Guerrero is one of the biggest risers. He's moved up. It's a point system, but I guess this is like 10 spots or whatever. Um, Yeah, I mean, just kind of view it as like auction values. You know, I, I based it on auction values at first and have been moving from there. Okay. So you have Vladimir Guerrero now as a as a $27 player, basically in a $260 budget, which that would have equated to about a third round pick. So uh, some of the yeah. players that also have a similar value or just above Kenta Maeda, Marcelo Zuna, Lance Lynn, Rafael Devers, Walker Bueller. Uh, and then you get into like Fernando Tatis and Alex Bregman. So those are some even yeah. higher end names. But if you're trying to acquire Vladimir Guerrero right now, that's probably what it's going to take. If you're, if you're just trying to get an idea, Another yeah, one, and just to get a sense of it, like I have him for the same value as Marcelo Zuna. I, if I had Ozuna and someone offered, or if I had Guerrero and someone offered me Ozuna, there's no way I would do it. Exactly. It's not like I happen. would still, I would have to overpay based on my trade values chart uh, by quite a bit to make that kind of move. Okay, so I, as of now, we are we are buying into Vlad. Probably not going to remain the number one first baseman all year, but. Crazier things have happened, right? Uh, how about number one at the starting pitcher position? This is another one. I don't know that we need to spend too much time on it. It's probably going to cost you an arm and a leg if you wanted to try and acquire him. Uh, but Corbin Burns, he's the n- number one starting pitcher in both head-to-head points and in Roto Leagues. Apologies yesterday. Did not mention him on the podcast, even though he was amazing. That game was still going on while we were recording. Um, but yeah, he is now up to, what is it? It is 40 strikeouts. To zero no walks. walks. 40 yeah. strikeouts to zero walks. I believe the MLB record to start a season is 57 strikeouts with zero walks. Kenley Jansen did that one year. Uh, but this is the record for a starter. It's it's insane. I mean, I don't I, I don't even know like what it would what does a trade for Corbin Burns look like, Chris? Do you try um, to do you try to sell him high? I mean, just King's ransom right now. Yeah, I mean, where I have him, you know, he's... I moved him above Luis Castillo and Clayton Kershaw. Like, if someone offered me Trevor Story for Corbin Burns and I had starting pitching depth because I, you know, took Corbin Burns and he's been so much better than expected, I I would do that. You know, if somebody offered me, like, Corey Seager and Patrick Corbin, I think I would probably do something like that. You know, that kind of pitcher. Um, You know, maybe a Zach Plezak, Corey Seager kind of trade I would do, but... I wouldn't feel great about trading Corbin Burns right now. I mean, he looks like looks like the best pitcher in baseball in a way that looks sustainable. You know, I don't think he can keep this control, you know, quite this elite, but like he will walk somebody at some point this season. But we think his stuff looks just absolutely overpowering. And you know, the changes that he's made over the last two seasons, adding this cutter, relying on it as primary pitch. It's just made him really, really tough both to square up and to make contact with. Yeah. Corbin Burns has a 0.37 ERA 
a 1.22 XFIP, a 1.08 Sierra. That's Skill Interactive ERA. 19% swinging strike rate. Uh, it's it's just, in, he's throwing his cutter 51% of the time, and it's 96 miles per hour. Yeah, like that's that's the thing is it's just, it's such a dominant pitch to be able to use it as your go-to pitch. Like he can put guys away. He can use it to get weak contact. It's it's a real advantage. Yeah. And, and the biggest concern for him coming into the season was, will he be on an innings limit? Uh, I will reiterate, it's if the Brewers want to compete, there's just no way. There's yeah. They're not going to be able to limit him. So I don't I don't know what that looks like. Maybe six-man rotation at some point to try and space it out a little bit, but they can't. They they just they're not going to be able to. He looks like I don't know, this year's version of of a Shane Bieber. So he's yeah. inside Chris and my top 10 starting pitchers. He's at SP11 for Scott. How about Javier Baez, who is enter, entering uh, Wednesday? He was the, the fourth best short, shortstop in Roto, and he was the 13th best shortstop in points leagues. He went one for four with a grand slam, three runs scored. Uh, he also he batted lefty on Wednesday in the eighth inning when the game was out of hand, which... It was strange. All right. He had a fly ball to left field. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, But specifically in Roto, Chris, he's now up to five homers, five steals, and 16 RBI. He's batting right around the Mendoza line, 200. Uh, He has 31 strikeouts in 68 plate appearances. That's a 46% strikeout rate. Yeah. Yep. That's bad. What do you you make of Baez? And um, would you try to buy high? I guess specifically in in a roto league because i th- i think he has top let's say 7 or 8 at the position upside just cuz it's a really great position yeah i mean the interesting thing is he's not really like chasing balls out of the zone more than he historically has he actually has his lowest chase rate since 2015 problem is he just can't make contact with anything uh he is whiffing he is missing on more than half of his swings right now he has a 52.2% whiff rate. Last season, that was 37.8%. Historically, it's been about 35%. My guess is that will regress, and the strikeout rate will be 30% rather than you know 46%, and he'll probably hit 230 or 240. I wouldn't, I'll say I wouldn't view him as a sell-high candidate. I think there's probably a perception that Javier Baez has been less valuable than he has been for fantasy. Uh so far, and I don't think you would get fair value for him. That's, I think, how I would put it. I don't know if people realize, Chris, how good Christian Vasquez has been. I was I was ready to move him up to the, my fourth rank catcher today, just behind the big three, JT Real Muto, uh, Salvador Perez, and Wilson Contreras. Um, Christian Vasquez is a top six catcher in both head-to-head points and in Roto. I don't, I don't know if people realize how good he is, and he plays all the time. Like He's just an Ironman, so... If, if other people in your league don't realize it, then yeah, I would try to get him. I think people just kind of view him as boring, but he's really good. I don't see any reason to have Gary Sanchez ahead of him at this point, and I'm not sure there's any reason to have Travis Darno ahead of him at this point. So yeah, I think he probably does need to be number six. In uh, head-to-head points, I still have Yasmani Grandal ahead of him, and I think I'll keep it the same way in Roto, but I, I think... Vasquez at, at number six makes a lot of sense right now. 
We've talked a lot about Jazz Chisholm, but we'll just quickly highlight. He is the 8th best second baseman in Roto, the 12th best second baseman in head-to-head points leagues. He was leading off on Wednesday. He went 2-for-4 with his 4th stolen base. And I think this probably fits the mold of a buy-high more than anyone else, Chris, because if he goes on to have a... I think you comped him to Kevin Biggio, what Kevin Biggio has been the past couple of years. If he has a season like that for this entire year, whatever, 250-2020, I don't really think that that's unfathomable. So before people realize how good he actually is, I think you can trade for him now while his value is actually on the rise. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, in the, I'm trying to see where I have him in the trade values chart. Um, I I think he can be a, a sell high if someone, you know, is willing to offer him as a, you know, right now, top 12 second baseman. You know, I think I would still be willing to move him, but I, you know, it's certainly not a must sell by any means. I'd be fine holding him. I'd be fine trying to go get him now too. I think there's reasonable cases to be made for any of those. Last name I wanted to highlight: Tyler Malley. Buy before he gets to what I think he can. If he gets to what I think he can become, I mean, we might be talking about him as the next name moving inside that top thirty starting pitcher range. He was going against the Diamondbacks on Wednesday, six and two thirds shutout with nine strikeouts, seventeen swinging strikes on hundred and three pitches. Velocity was down a little bit, but it was cold in Cincinnati. I think it's happening for Tyler Malley, Chris, and um, I think he's someone that can be a high strikeout type. I yeah, I would. I he's really one of my top targets if if I can still acquire him. Yeah, I'm moving up to him up to forty one and. Man, it's it's really tough because the four guys I had of, have ahead of him currently are four guys whose rankings I kind of don't feel good about at all. Chris Paddock, Zach Plezak, Shohei Otani, and Lance McCullers. I could be talked into taking Mally over any of those guys right now. I was going to say, if someone in your league is still valuing the, the, the name Chris Paddock yeah. and you have him, I offer him for Tyler Mally. Like If someone doesn't... I would, yeah. Think that Mally is as good as he is because I, 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 th- I think he is this good. Yeah, I mean, we saw we started to see signs of this last season. There were, you know, he's been someone who's been interesting for a while. His stuff has always rated out uh, surprisingly well based on you know the various stuff based metrics that like you know Saris and, and Paul Mamino have have come up with, and it's playing up even more. I think the only concern really is just. Can he pitch consistently deep into games? And how many innings are you likely to be able to get from him? And, you know, regarding that one, he threw 138 in 2019. He threw 141 in 2018. So I think you could get 150, 160 innings out of him. Um, It's just a question, you know, 20 and two-thirds innings and four starts, he'll need to be better than that. Some people have already emailed in asking about the, all right, well, which pitchers are going to get shut down? It's it's obviously, you know, harder to say it's a case-by-case basis, you know, what teams yeah. are going to be in and out of it in the second half of the season. But I, I think for now, you just kind of want to acquire the best talent, the best starting pitcher talent that you can. And then if it turns out that things are trending that way later on in the season, then try to make a move and, and potentially sell high then. But I think for now, especially the, this early part of the season, you know, from April through June, July, just try and bank as many 
awesome starting pitchers and, and those starting pitcher stats as you possibly can and then just kind of figure it out later. So that's that's kind of how I'm approaching that situation. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to talk about other potential players that you might want to buy or sell right now. I have some great trade questions that we should answer and the rest of Tuesday's action. We'll talk Wednesday's action. We'll talk about it next on Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Some other potential trade candidates, Chris, Charlie Blackman, we've received a few emails about as well, uh, had another 0 for on Wednesday. He's batting 176, but 278 expected batting average. He's walking more this year. He's striking out less. Uh, what I notice is the ground ball rate is up and the infield fly ball rate is way up uh, based on the quality of hitter that Charlie Blackman is. I would, I would bank, I would bet on those things, you know, kind of regressing to where they normally are. So people are freaking out. I, I wouldn't mind throwing a real low ball offer on Charlie Blackman right now. Yeah. The problem with all of the Rockies players right now is I think they're in the middle of their second home stand of the season. And if, you know, once they get through this, I think they'll have played like, I want to say it's 12 of their 18 games at home or something like that. And it doesn't help that they're playing in the snow. Yeah, they'll have played by the end of this homestand, which ends on Sunday, they will have played 17, 15 out of 21 games so far at home, which means they'll have, I don't know how to do math, but Sixty-six road games and seventy-three home games, or sixty-six home games and seventy-three road games left. Which, you know, given that Charlie Black and may, may just be a marginal hitter at this point, that could uh, be bad news. You know, you can't really afford a, lo- a slow start with uh, with that kind of schedule. So you're not buying Charlie Black. It, it would, yeah. I mean, I, I think you could buy him incredibly low. And I haven't moved him down in my rankings too much yet. So, yeah, I, I think there's a buy-low opportunity there still. Uh, the last name I wanted to mention, Nate Lowe, who I, I actually was pretty excited about coming into the season. It's been a roller coaster of a season already, and it's been, yeah. what, I don't know, 10% of the season. Um, he went two for four with his fifth home run on Wednesday. The underlying metrics are pretty weird. 3.5 degree average launch angle, so he's hitting... A lot of ground balls. Uh, league average for that is right around 12 degrees. Uh, he has a 30% strikeout rate. This is Nate Lowe we're talking about. And a 509 OPS against lefties. So if you could sell high for a Dominic Smith 
a Lourdes Gurriel, a Jeff McNeil, who are all more proven talents than Nate Lowe, I would look into doing that. Dom Smith, by the way, entering Wednesday, 341 XBA, 638 X-Slug. It's been a really weird start for the Mets' entire season, all these postponements, and spoke about that a little bit yesterday. I think Dom Smith is now. Now is the time to go get him because I think he's really good, and I've mentioned that many times before. A few trade questions I wanted to get to here, Chris. From Sam on, from Apple Podcast Review, actually. Grade the trade, 10-team head-to-head categories with saves plus holds as one of the pitching categories. I give Anthony Rizzo, Jose Barrios, Craig Kimbrell. I get Paul Goldschmidt, Walker Bueller, and Jesus Lazardo. Uh, my initial reaction to that is that it's very good. And I would give it a... Uh, This next one's from Adam Cross. Grade the trade. 14 team head-to-head categories. Give up Nolan Arenado and Nick Castellanos. Get Anthony Rendon, Max Kepler, and Sean Murphy. Okay. Um, You're getting the best player, but I don't love the trade. Uh, Murphy seems like a pretty marginal catcher. Kepler weirdly has like three stolen bases this season, right? Yes, he does. Um but he's a pretty marginal starting outfielder. I think you're giving up two very good starters for one. And then, you know, in a 14 team league, you're starting Murphy, you're starting Kepler, but actually I'm not sure you're starting Kepler in a 14 team head to head categories league. If it's only three outfielders. So yeah, I wouldn't do it. I I think that's probably like a C minus from Duncan dear Tony, Robbie and Roy. I want to say blue Jays pitchers but I don't know who Tony would be. I was just thinking Robbie Ray and Roy Halladay, but that doesn't make any sense. There's no reason why someone would group those two together, so I'm sure it's not that. Uh, Yeah, I don't know either. Grade the trade in a 12-team head-to-head points league. I get Christian Yelich and give up Kevin Gosman. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. A plus, 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 plus. Wow, it's it's that point in the season already. People are yeah. people are making some crazy deals. From Ben, just traded Fernando Tatis for Freddie Freeman straight up in a head-to-head league. I think you'd rather have Freeman in a head-to-head points league. I would. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I would probably give it a. C plus, B minus. Oh, you did ask me to grade it. Yeah, I have Freddie Freeman as thirty-four. Uh, Tatis is 28 and had to head points league. So um, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a that's a solid B for me. This one's from Eric. I traded Carlos Rodon and Zach Plesac and got Charlie Morton and Sandy Alcantara. A, you got the two best players in the deal. Very nice. Steal. <laughs> from Tom in Illinois, 12-team Dynasty Roto League currently in second place. Would you accept this trade? I give Kyle Tucker, Byron Buxton, Brian Anderson, and Dylan Cease. A lot of names are Tucker, Buxton, Brian Anderson, Cease. I get Manny Machado, Will Myers, Nick Senzel, and Mackenzie Gore. Dynasty Dynasty Roto. That's tough because Gore obviously has a lot of value in a Dynasty League. But you're in second place, and I think you're probably making, making your team... Well, yeah, I think you're probably making your team a little bit worse right now, but... Um, you know, the, the potential for Gore to step into the rotation and, and make an impact. I, I, I think that's okay. I think it's like a C plus. I don't love it though. Yeah. Because you're getting a little bit older with Machado and Myers. Senzel is an upgrade from Brian Anderson. We think in dynasty. And then 
yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Gore obviously has huge upside. Yeah, that's fair. C plus, B minus. Uh, promote a few more things. If you haven't signed up for the Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter yet, please do. CBSSports.com slash newsletters. You can find all of our newsletters there. Chris writes the fan, uh, Fantasy Football Today newsletter, and it is great. And the Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter, it's Dan Schneier and myself. We kind of team up for that one. And it's basically a lot of the notes that are on my rundown, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast as well. But if you like it in written form, uh, you can go sign up for it for free. And sign up for our Fantasy Baseball Today Facebook group as well. Facebook.com slash groups slash Fantasy Baseball Today. Join the community. Ask questions. Been a lot of fun. I see a lot of people interacting there. So make sure to jump in as well. Uh, the rest of Wednesday's action. Let's see how much of this stuff we can get to. Anything to see here. These are just in the deepest of leagues. Jose Quintana, five innings of one-run ball with eight strikeouts. He is 23% rostered, has SPARP eligibility, and he is at Texas and at Seattle next week. Pretty good matchups. Mike fulton your boy, Chris. He <laughs> was at the Angels, six innings of three-run ball with six strikeouts, only eight whiffs, so not really sure where the strikeouts are coming from, but uh, he is only 12% rostered, also in line for a do- uh, two-star week next week. Austin Gomber, three straight quality starts. Not really sure how, it, how he's doing this, but uh, against the Houston Astros in the snow, six innings of two-run ball with six strikeouts. He is... 11% rostered. Uh, Mickey Moniak, he had a three-run dinger, former first-round pick for the Phillies. He's been playing recently. Spencer Turnbull made his return to the mound, five innings of one-run ball, six strikeouts. Adolis Garcia, we mentioned the name. The guy just continues to mash. Two for five with a three-run dinger on Wednesday. 6% rostered. He plays seven games next week. So any interest in these names in deeper leagues, Chris? Yeah, there are two things to see with Jose Quintana. He's a Sparp, and he has two starts next week. So if you're in a points league, uh, he should probably be added. Austin Gomber, like I, I, I want to say there might be something there, but he plays for Colorado, and he's you know had pretty bad peripherals so far. So I'm pretty skeptical. I'm not sure I would start him even in a Spart in a points league uh, next week with two starts. Moniak. There was some talk this spring that, you know, maybe he had, you know, turned a corner last season. He's big one of the one of the bigger draft disappointments of the last couple of years. I would I think I'd probably rather have Scott Kingery than him, assuming Kingery plays. Uh Adolis Garcia is probably the most interesting one uh of this group. And that's not really saying a ton because he's striking out in a third of his at bats um and you know isn't hitting the ball all that hard, but you know, at least there's the potential for him to be something there, you know, as a cheap source of power. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him for sure. The rest of Wednesday's action, Ryan Mountcastle went 0 for 3, two more strikeouts. He's striking out a ton. He's betting 169. Chris, are you okay dropping Ryan Mountcastle? Yeah, that's fine. Michael Fulmer against the Pirates, a start that we were excited about, and then it came out right before that the Tigers wanted to limit his pitch count so that he can make another start on Sunday. He wasn't great. Four innings pitched, three earned runs, uh, three strikeouts, 11 whiffs on 60 pitches. I think if I picked up Michael Fulmer, I would hold on to him. I'm still intrigued by what he's done thus far. Yui Gurriel, we haven't really talked much about him, but he's (laughs) been awesome. He went one for four with his second home run of the season, three RBI. He has a 52% hard contact rate thus far. His previous high was 43% in 2017 this also super interesting he has 13 walks in 17 games he had 12 walks in 
all of last season in 57 games. So he's walking more. He's hitting the ball hard. He's in a really good lineup. Are you excited? Yeah, I mean, remember about- how, how good he was in 2019. And then he had, you know, two bad months last season. So, you know, it's not entirely out of nowhere, but I would say given his age, given his track record, uh, I would still be pretty skeptical that he's this new kind of player. That 2019 season was really just two good months, but um, you know, he should be a pretty good source of batting average. If nothing else, I just don't think he'll, give you a ton of anything else. Between uh, Joey Votto, Nate Lowe, Jared Walsh, and Yuli Gurriel, the back end of the first base position has been pretty productive thus far. So (laughs) if you have any of those guys, uh, you should feel pretty good about it. Uh, Jose Urquidy was at the Rockies in the snow, five innings of uh, four-run ball. He's been okay. Uh, The underlying numbers are actually pretty good. You're holding on to Jose Urquidy, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I still have him actually inside my top 50. I'm pretty sure at starting pitcher. Okay, so you wouldn't drop him for Sean Manaya and Danny Duffy are two of the most added starting pitchers right now. They look good. I would, yeah, I know. I, I think both of those guys are interesting. Duffy maybe a little more than Manaya. I'm not sure if that's the consensus, but uh, I would hope I have a pitcher I like less than Arkady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Trout hit his sixth home run. He's batting 393 with a 1311 OPS. So just. He's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Omar, no, no steals, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, Omar Narvaez keeps on keeping on. Two for four with his third home run, batting 396, 63% rostered. Chris, yesterday I had Scott rank these four catchers. Now you will do it. Yadier Molina, Buster Posey, Wilson Ramos, Omar Narvaez. I have him. I have those four guys ranked 11th through 14th in my rankings right now, and the order is. Oh come on! Why am I getting a 502 bad gateway? Come on! <laughs> I think I have your rankings up here somewhere, Chris. Uh, actually, yeah, I was looking at my head-to-head points and points. It was Yadier Molina, Wilson Ramos, Buster Posey, Armand Narvaez in Roto. It is Buster Posey, Wilson Ramos, Yadier Molina. And I need to move Omar Narvaez up because I hadn't. I must have overlooked him. He is 13th in Roto now. Avisael Garcia, just, man, shout out. You don't see this every day. 0 for 5 with a platinum sombrero. I started him in my home keeper league, a head-to-head points league. That's a solid negative 2.5 fantasy points. Trent Christian went 2 for 5 with an RBI, his third steal of the season. He is batting 300. Chris, do you have any thoughts on Trent Christian? Yeah, he looks like one of those guys I was wrong about, but not even going to take an L on that one because I said Byron Buxton was just as good as him, and I was wrong. Byron Buxton's way better. He is. No, Trent Christian looks really good. He is. Uh, Buxton has been better, but Buxton's not really running much. He's obviously doing it in like the power department and batting average. Trent Christian is is still running quite a bit, and the Padres just love to run, so I'm I'm pretty sure Trent Christian's just going to be awesome. Um, some signs of life on Wednesday. Austin Riley went two for two with two walks and his first home run of the season. It was, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a DJ LeMahieu home run. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was like 350 feet to right field. It was, it was barely a home run. It was, it was a home run in one out of 30 baseball parks in MLB. And of course, they're playing in Yankee Stadium. Uh, Ian Anderson with his best start of the season looks like he's coming around at the Yankees. Six and two thirds shutout, four hits, four walks. And four strikeouts, 10 whiffs on 97 pitches. So, man, the Yankees are just lost right now. This was a really nice 
get-right game for Ian Anderson. On the other side, Corey Kluber, four and two-thirds. Uh, two earned runs, four walks. I know you mentioned that you could probably drop him last week, Chris. I, I assume that yeah. this start did nothing to uh, to change that decision. No, I mean, I, I'm looking, and I, I hadn't moved him down recently. He was 55th in my starting pitcher rankings, and I'm just going through and, like, I'd rather have Nathan Avaldi. Rather have Jamison Tyone. I'd rather have Griffin Canning, Danny Duffy, Michael Pineda. I think I'd rather just have Luis Severino, Noah Syndergaard, and Chris Sale taking up space on my roster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh yeah. I I'm moving Corey Kluber outside my top 75. I'm sorry. I I hate to do it. And if he turns it around, I will gladly eat crow on it because he's been one of my best one of my favorite pitchers in baseball over the last decade, but I just think he's done. I don't think there's any reason to hold on to him in a 12-team league. Francisco Lindor went three for four with his first home run of the season. See, guys, everything is going to be fine for Francisco Lindor. Uh, Brandon Lau hit, has now hit two home runs in as many days. He's very streaky, and it looks like he is uh, he's heating up a little bit. Joey Wendell, two more doubles, three RBI on Wednesday, batting 365. He has 12 hits over his last six games. Maybe he hears those Wander you Franco know, rumors. He's got some speed. He's a good player. He's hit 300-ish, you know, last season and in 2018. I've picked him up in a few leagues. He's like the... Because he's eligible. He's the he's David eligible Fletcher. Everywhere. He's the David Fletcher that no one talks about. Although I guess yeah, no one he, really talks about David Fletcher, but... Yeah, he's got <laughs> shortstop, second base, and third base eligibility. Um and with Cattell Martin and Anthony Rendon out, I've got a lot of teams with both those guys on them. So uh, Joey Wendell's on three or four of my teams right now. Yeah, and as he should. Ryan Wally's yeah, hot right now. Sol- solid guy to have around while he's hitting, yeah. The call to the pen. Some bullpen updates for the Marlins. Yimmy Garcia picked up his fourth save. The Pirates, Richard Rodriguez, picked up his second save. The Detroit Tigers in a seven-inning game. Brian Garcia pitched in the sixth. Gregory Soto pitched in the seventh and picked up his second save for the Twins. This is I don't know, just a weird one. Alex Colome, he blew a one-run save in the ninth. Byron Buxton hits the home run in the top of the tenth. Alex Colome comes back out for the bottom of the tenth inning, winds up throwing 49 pitches. I, I don't know why. Uh, and he lost the game on back-to-back errors. So, I mean, yeah. he gets the loss, but he didn't really lose it. It was his defense, but... Whatever, just weird. Washington Nationals' Brad Hand picked up his third save. The Diamondbacks' Stefan Crichton, his second save of the season. He is only 12% rostered. And there has to be more category leagues than that on CBS. So if you need saves, you you, you should probably add Stefan Crichton. For the yeah. Reds, Amir Garrett blew another save, man. He allowed a three-run home run. I think it was like Josh Van Meter. It was a pinch-hit home run. Um, Lucas yeah. Sims, next man up. I would think Sims is the next man up, yeah. Give it yeah, to TJ Antone, man. Sims was mentioned as the next, like the kind of, I guess, co-closer yeah. uh, back in spring training. And, you know, Antone's been going like multiple innings at times too. So I would think Sims will be the guy if there is a guy who gets the next save. For the Toronto Blue Jays, we assumed Rafael Dolis is going to get the saves, right? Well, Jordan Romano is hurt. Wrong. Dolis used in the eighth. Tim Meza opened up the ninth inning. He got the first two outs. And then a gentleman named Anthony Castro got the final out 
for the save for the Blue Jays. This, I think this is just what the Blue Jays are going to do. They're just like, I believe Dolis faced the top of the, the, the heart of the order in the eighth inning in a key situation. I, I think they're just going to like, they'll have a closer, but that closer is not going to just get used in save situations. If there's a more important situation earlier than the ninth inning, they seem perfectly intent, uh, content to use them there. So I, I think that's probably working at what we're going to see. I would bet on Rafael Dolis getting the next save for the Blue Jays, but you know, it doesn't seem like a situation where one guy's going to get 75% or 80% of the saves, you know, at all times. You are correct. Rafael yeah. Dolis came in the eighth. He faced JD Martinez, allowed a home run to Xander Bogarts, who is red hot. Uh, and He's then good. struck out Rafael Devers. Christian Walker came up. Christian Vasquez, rather. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah, so he faced the middle of the order there. To stream or- I do, oh, wait, I do want to go back one to one thing, which is Minnesota. You know, Kalme, even before today, yes, it might not have been his fault, but he hadn't been great so far this season. Uh, Hansel Robles has not been great this season. Just want to throw out my guy Taylor Rogers out there. See, uh, you know, maybe he gets the opportunity. I know he's a lefty, but he has been the closer in the past. He's been very good this season. He's been very good in the past. Just going to throw that one out there. Maybe a little redemption for some of my uh, late round Taylor Rogers flyers. Taylor Rogers has pitched in five and a third. He has a he is not allowed to run. Yep. Uh, he has a ten K per nine. He's he's been awesome. So yeah, definitely he's really good. Remember the name, Taylor Rogers. I was about to say Trevor Rogers again. It's too many T name Rogers right now in baseball. Uh, to stream or not to stream, we'll start with Thursday. And the way that we're going to do this moving forward, Chris, you weren't on the podcast yesterday. I'm just going to give you what I think are the five or six best names, and you just choose. The three that you like most, and, and we'll we'll go with those. Uh, Domingo Herman at Cleveland, Mitch Keller at the Tigers, Jose Urania versus the Pirates, Nick Pavetta versus the Mariners, Alex Cobb at the Houston Astros, and Aaron Sanchez versus the Miami Marlins for Thursday. Who are your favorite three? I think it's probably Cobb, Herman, and. Keller? Oh, I don't feel good about the third one. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a pitcher from that game, right? It's Keller yeah, versus Urania. So. Yeah, and I'd rather have Keller than Urania. Alrighty, and then to stream or not to stream for Friday, just in case you can only add pitchers for the next day in your daily lineup league. Uh, Alex Wood versus the Marlins. Dane Dunning at the White Sox. Jay Hat versus the Pirates. JT Brubaker at the Twins. Waskar Enoa versus the Diamondbacks and Mike Miner at the Tigers. Your three favorites. Yeah, so I think it's probably Enoa, Dunning, and Wood. I yeah, I I'm not sure he's gonna go deep into that game, but he pitched well against the Marlins in his uh first outing, and what helps is he is a spark. So if you're in a head to head points league and you're looking for a streamer. Uh, Alex Wood could be a good one. Yeah, I I don't hate Hap versus the Pirates or Mike Miner at Detroit, but yeah. they are lesser pitchers at this point in their careers. We're going to wrap there. For Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we'd go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.